the numbers don't matter anymore. I just want peace. I just want happiness. I want connection. I want family. I want love. I want joy. I want pleasure. Like when you get to that state, you can still create from that state and, and let it be known. You'll create so much more from that state because that's the state, especially women. That's where we're at our most powerful. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own version of success. So we were just saying, yeah, you've been on the podcast more than any other guest. Which is insane. <laughs> I love it. And I'm so grateful. I'm so honored. Well, I'm glad that you're here again. Yes. And okay, let's talk about having full lives because you have a full life. You have four into five now. Last, Which, chaos. Uh, hey, tell me about it. <laughs> tell me everything. It's just, it's crazy. It's just nonstop craziness. And I often look at the kids and like my house and I'm a Virgo, so I like things clean. And I'm just like, you know, this is awesome. And it's, it's. Preston and I look at each other and we're like Zen training. Like we're, it's like we're training to be Zen masters because our house is crazy. And we've got three nagers. We've got two, three nagers right now, twins. So it's, it's extra crazy. It's just all the things. It's so funny because before I had Noemi, I was like, you know, I'm not doing screen time with my children. (laughs) And now Now you're like, like, here, (laughs) please stop crying. Take the screen. Like there's so many things I think you, and even now there's probably things I say as a parent of one that by the time it comes to parent of multiples, I'm like, there's no rules. That, like I look back to just having Kingston, my oldest, who's five. And I'm like, man, that's like a vacation. I could do anything with him. We could, we traveled the world with him. We did X, Y, and Z with him. Like we felt pretty free. And then you add like twins into the mix. And it's like, oh, shit just got real crazy. <laughs> you know? And then you add like a toddler. I've got a two-year-old too, just turned two. So it's just, it's just, you know, we're in this constantly navigating children who are learning how to navigate themselves, their, their identity, their nervous systems, and knowing what we know it's our job to really stay calm and regulated mm-hmm. in these states to support them in learning how to be their, their best selves. So it's a big responsibility. It's big. And not only do you have four amazing babies, but you run multiple companies. Yes. You're really into real estate. You're doing a lot of things. A, a lot of things. Like we were just talking before, I'm, I'm flipping over a house and redesigning a house right now that we're turning into a short-term rental. And we've got a full real estate investment portfolio. And regular investment portfolio and all the things. We have a tech company, so we're just, you know, we're we're busy, we're busy. And it's funny because I hear that and I'm like, okay, I need more coffee. And it's so funny because you talk, you talk about when you, when you just had one baby, when you had Kingston, how it was a vacation. For me, I feel like stepping into motherhood on top of everything else, my nervous system, it feels like every week at this point just yes. needs to continue to learn to expand and yes. expand and expand. Yes. Did you feel that even with one? Oh my gosh. It, with one, I was so grateful for somatic work and nervous system work. And I think five years ago is when I really started to get serious about nervous system work because I had to. There was that like, oh, this is a lot. And my body actually is like, how do I be with this? How do I be with this powerfully? How do I be with this in my body? How do I be with this and be grounded and feel peace? The overwhelm and like the overgiving and the overproducing and all of that that used to be my my go-to because my nervous system was wired to be an entrepreneur. And you know, we're going to talk about that a bit, but 
what that looks like is a lot of entrepreneurs actually have wounding around what it looks like to be accepted in the world. And then so we learn that if we're useful and if we give and if we produce, we're then valuable, we're safe, we're loved. And so that nervous system strategy is usually implemented from zero to seven. And then we see it just in all aspects of our lives. And it transitions into parenthood if we're not aware and not careful. And I saw myself trying to be the best parent. You know, it's like, okay, I'm gonna do all the things. I'm gonna make sure I'm, I'm perfect at this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh my gosh, my body was just constantly on overdrive. And so that's when the nervous system work really started to drop in like, Lex, you gotta, you gotta go deep here because this affects everything. Not just parenting, but like my sex life, my relationship with my husband, my ability to be real and vulnerable and present in my relationships. Like everything was affected by that. It's so true. So much of it comes down to the nervous system. And I'm really realizing that it's just constantly regulating and learning how to be able to take on more and expand, but doing it in a way that does feel good because I know I speak to so many friends who are in it like in the thick of it (laughs) and they're like how are women doing all of this all of the businesses and the babies and still being amazing wives and showing up for themselves and so much of it at the root I think is the guilt and the way I think about the guilt is like we wouldn't have guilt if we weren't trying to do two things at the same time, if we yeah. didn't have two competing desires, yeah. if we didn't feel like when we're at work, we should be with our kids or when we're with our kids, we should be at work. Because it's those competing desires that create all of this guilt. That's right. And I started to realize that early on when I, because I, I remember before I had no idea, I was thinking, I don't understand mom guilt, I won't feel it. And when it started to creep in for me, I realized, hold up, this isn't necessarily guilt, it's competing desires. That. I'm trying to do two things at once. That. It's impossible. And that's that's what I was gonna say, like we are actually doing too much. And now we can get into like a, a more uh, sociological conversation here, but there's societally, we're really looking at programming that says, well, women are supposed to take care of the home and we're supposed to take care of the kids. And now we're supposed to be boss babes, you know? And it's like, yes to boss babes, like we have taken our independence back and we have charged the fort. We're earning more money. We're out earning and outperforming men in a lot of different industries, which is, awesome and the programming I'll speak for myself ran so deep around what like a good Greek woman is supposed to do I'm supposed to keep up a nice home I'm supposed to feed my family I'm supposed to be the best mom I'm supposed to be present and loving and like be home but also still working and it's it is impossible and I think we've got to start having these conversations more in public to start changing the public narrative around what it means to be a mother. A mother does not mean you're an automatic house housewife, house cleaner, home cook, uh, child rearing. It, it, it's that you're a mother in the terms that you choose. And we really have to start taking our power back and really start enrolling our partners in having an equal share at home. Oh, equal shares. Isn't that an interesting conversation? <laughs> it is. How long we got on this podcast? <laughs> and, and it is really interesting. I think also the breadwinning conversation of this is, I feel like our generation, especially not to say there wasn't women before us that were crushing it in this realm, they were, but we're seeing it more and more. I think 60% of American households now have female breadwinners. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. And we're also the ones who are growing and having babies and doing a lot of things. And so that that equality in the household, that's been a conversation I think is, I mean, it's continuing to ongo in my household because it's challenging. So challenging. And and I have to say like my husband's been amazing in seeing at 
like looking at his conditioning and being aware of like, oh, I didn't realize there was this like just unconscious expectation, right? And it's because he wasn't trained to do that. And I've got three boys, I've got three boys and one girl. And I'm thinking about like, these are future husbands, mm. future fathers. This is a future wife, a future mother. I have to show them, we, my husband and I have to show them what a household of equanimity looks like. Like, what does it look like to, to not say, oh, I'm doing my wife a favor because I'm helping her clean or I'm helping mm. her with the dishes. That assumes it's her role. Rather going, I'm a part of this house. I hold this house as well. And I take pride in that. And you should too. Yeah. Right? So it's a big conversation. I love that it's starting to become more of a, a natural conversation in households. It's also challenging, though, because our men are stepping up way more than most of their fathers did. So there's this like resurgence of their presence as fathers and partners, and they're doing a great job. And it's still not enough because it was so out of whack yeah. that now it's like we're, we're kind of trying to catch up. And so we're in this interesting gray area right now where we have to have compassion and love and appreciation for the changes that they are making in terms of generationally. And there's just more that's required now because there's more that's required from us and we can only do and hold so much. Yeah, it's like really this generation that we're in, there's not really a lot of blueprints of yeah. how this has been done or especially blueprints that have been shown publicly. And I think that is honestly one of the great things about people with platforms, whether it's celebrities, influencers, people that we follow online that have platforms that are showing this. Yeah. Because it's an example of what is possible. And I think that's actually really important. I love it. I love these open conversations. Yeah, it's great. And and I think like something I'm really, really focused on sharing is how hard it is. You know, because a lot of times we look at people who are in the work or who look like they're doing everything great and everything's perfect. and. We think, okay, once I nail it, then I'll get there. And and for me, like I'm in this work, I teach nervous system work. You know, I teach personal development and transformation and all of these things. And I'm still like navigating the ups and downs. Like I still have to really focus on coming back to a new nervous system that I'm rewiring because my old patterns are so deep and so ingrained. And so I think knowing that it's a process is really important and taking some idea of perfection or we're going to get to this area off the pedestal because it's a constant work in progress. And, you know, for me, one of the things I had to really navigate through was a, almost losing my marriage, which was huge. And that came from both my husband and I trying to have this big life, being so busy trying to build all the things that we were, just kept missing each other and kept putting it, it to the side. Like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Four kids, we'll get to it. Moving state, we'll get to it. Another business, we'll get to it. A big opportunity, we'll get to it, right? And eventually the pile is so big that we swept under the rug that it's like, oh, we need to deal with this. And we almost lost our marriage. You know, so it's important to know that like life is hard. It can be really challenging sometimes, but in the hardship is where we have the opportunity to get really honest and make some deep changes, you know? So, yeah, so true. And something you said too in that was, having to really work with our deep wounds and our maybe our old nervous systems and things that we've known in the past. And I know for me, and I think probably a lot of women, when it comes to redefining what our roles look like, the conversation of worthiness and who are we if we aren't saying yes, yes. if we aren't people pleasing. Oh. <laughs> I, what's so interesting is I'm an Enneagram 8, I'm yeah. a challenger. I yeah. never peg myself as a people pleaser. Yeah. 
And after I had my daughter, postpartum rocked me to the core and really made me take a big, deep look at my identity and who I was. And what I realized was, yes, I was an eight and yes, I had my own mind. And there was still this very deep part of me that just wanted to please, wanted to make people happy, wanted to make people proud of me, wanted to be helpful. You know, I even think about the role I created for myself within my company. I at one point was responsible for almost every single dollar we were bringing in the business. (laughs) And I think about how is that my responsibility? I, I made myself so indispensable. That's right. Because that's where I was getting my worthiness from. And it's so interesting to identify that. And that's so powerful. I relate to so much of that. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, same. Um, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So it makes more sense for me to be the people pleaser Mm -hmm. and keep the peace. But you said something that's really palpable is that you made yourself indispensable. What that was, was your nervous system going, if I'm indispensable, if I'm the most useful person to everybody here, I'll be safe. And that strategy worked and it kept working. So it kept wiring deeper into your system, which is why you kept doing it. And sometimes we have the awareness of like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so tired, I'm overworked, I'm overgiving. Why do I keep taking this on my plate? Why do I keep saying yes? Why can't I say no to X, Y, and Z? Or why can't I offset some of my work to somebody else? And it's because your nervous system knows that this is the safe route. And so your body is going to automatically take you to the safest, lowest common denominator. Go here, say yes, do the thing, hold it all until you actively start to re-engage and work with it and start to reprogram a felt sense of safety in doing nothing, in delegating, in trusting others, in not being needed. Like that was such a huge one for me. Like my strategy, usefulness. Mm. Be useful, be the most useful person to everybody in your life and no one will hurt you. Unconscious, of course. I had no idea until I had an idea. And then I started seeing it everywhere. Oh my gosh, I'm the most useful to my husband. I do all the things. I'm the most useful to my kids. I'm the most useful to my family. I'm the most useful to my friends. I'm the most useful in my businesses. I'm the one, it all falls on me. And then I'm also resentful for that, Mm. right? (laughs) Just like, but I'm causing it because that's how I get my safety. And it's such a, you know, our minds, when we start to really like unpack it, we're like, oh my gosh, how am I doing this thing? It makes no sense that I would keep doing it. But it does when you look at it from a biological perspective, from a survival perspective. And until for me, my rupture was what happened with my husband and I, where it's like, we, I'm the most useful person to my husband, right? And yet, even then, My nervous system needed to set up patterns in my life to try and break that pattern because it was overworking my body, right? So again, your nervous system, while it's doing this thing, because hey, that's how we survive, it's also gonna try to create scenarios in your life to dismantle that program because it's working you on overdrive. Mm. And again, your nervous system is like, hey, yes, survival, yes, tribe, yes, you wanna be included, but also like we're almost in burnout hormonally. We're almost in burnout biologically. So we're going to have to change some things. And so it put me in a scenario with my husband where it's like, hey, you're the most useful person to your husband. And still, this isn't going to work. So what do you want to do now? And that's when I was really forced to go, oh, I need to build a whole different system to relate to my husband where I'm not the most useful person to him anymore, where I'm actually the most useful person to myself, where I'm self-sourcing my regulation instead of trying to get it from him. Huge. 
Let's get into that because I already know as I'm nodding along, there's so many other women nodding along and I know what's coming up for them is, but if I'm not useful, Who will I still I? be loved? Yeah. Who am I? Will yeah. I still be needed? Will Will there still be a place for me here? And I think it's a really important conversation because in it, you will lose certain relationships. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of quotes that go out online and you know, I'm guilty of this myself, but if people can't handle your boundaries, they're not your people and all yeah. those things. And yeah. it's, it's all well and good saying it, but when you do start to put your own boundaries in place and you start to change up the way people have always related to you, for some people that's not gonna work anymore. That's right. And you're going to lose some relationships because you are stepping into what is more of an authentic, probably powerful version of yourself. That's really hard. Hard. It's it's so easy to say like, oh, I want to own my truth. I want to be in my power. I want to own my light and my radiance. It's like, okay, well, that's going to require some changes, especially for women who have been programmed to be likable. And all of us have. All of us have been programmed. And we talk about this in my program, Awaken the Muse, the, the marriageable woman. Are you marriage material? Mm -hmm. And and it's from such a young age with all the Disney programming of like, well, well are you the type of girl that's going to be chosen by a, a partner? Because if you're not, you're going to be alone. You're going to be that woman with all the cats alone at some point, right? Because you're too hard. You use your voice too much. You speak up too much. I look at The Little Mermaid, right? It, it, we just had a resurgence of this film. That was my favorite film growing up. She traded her voice for, for, for legs, for a man. She traded her voice for a man. And that was my programming. It's like, that was my film. I love that. And to think about it, it's like, how many films is a woman waiting to be chosen? How many, I even saw it in, when I was doing screen time with my kids, um, there's the Finger Family song, you've probably heard it. Uh, yes. Like Daddy Finger, yeah, Mommy Finger. Yeah. Any parent out there knows what I'm yeah. talking about. It's the one that you can never get out of your head. <laughs> But anyway, they show daddy finger and daddy's working and playing with the kids. The mommy comes out and she's she's got a chef hat on and she's bringing food to people. And I'm like, it's everywhere. It's like um, Miss Rachel, all the parents will know the wheels on the bus. Daddy says, I love you. Mommy says, shh, shh, shh. Exactly. Mommy's the disciplinarian. And Daddy's the fun one. Uh-huh. And here we go. So mama's got to fit into this role in order to be mama. Like that's what, well, mama's this. And daddy's fun and playful and all the things. And daddy works, but mama's this. And so we have this programming of like, we have to be good. We have to be pleasant. We have to be likable. And so when we start to own our truth and, and we can still be pleasant and likable in our truth, but it's, it's a little more grounded in reality, right? We're not acquiescing our truth to make people happy. We're having firmer boundaries. We're having our back. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I have gaslit myself, like have an intuitive feeling. Oh no, that's, just say yes, just go to that thing. Oh, don't upset them, right? And we just gaslight ourselves and, and we ignore our intuition. And so we start to build massive distrust in our bodies and in our own truth. And then when we want to get back to it, it seems so far away. And so, yes, we do have to be willing to have hard conversations when we get into this work. Yes, things are going to change. And thank God. Thank God. Because it may be uncomfortable, but it's what's real. And when it's real, it's palpable. And we can actually live a life of alignment and truth that we can settle into and go, oh, yeah, this is me. Versus like, oh, I don't really know who I am. Who do I need to be in this scenario, this scenario, and this scenario to make all of you happy? 
impossible, right? And it's an impossible game that most of us play. Yeah, and I even think about when you're saying, who do I need to be in this room, in this room? When you grow up where you're maybe not seeing a lot of entrepreneurs around you or you're not seeing people do the things you want to go do, for me personally, I realized it was really great to be a chameleon in every single room. So from a very young age, I knew I wanted to build something I had not seen done before. I wasn't seeing it in my family. I didn't grow up around this. And so I learned very quickly. I had to kind of switch things on when I walked into a room and think about where I wanted to go and who I wanted to be. And that is something you have to really work hard to break because it starts to become part of your personality where I'm a very introverted person. I would notice myself walk into a room and become one of the most extroverted people. Yes, and I yes. think, was that really me? Or was I doing that because I wanted to be liked because I thought I needed to have the network because I thought it would make me more magnetic, attractive to people. Or actually, I'm probably happier sitting in the corner talking to one person. Yes. And knowing that about yourself and starting to honor honor that is challenging. Yeah. What has your journey been with that and been with, okay, starting to see who you are at your core and what you need and what it looks like for you to be in your power? How has that looked in terms of your relationships yeah. and your worthiness yeah. and how you've changed that up? Yeah, it's such a good question. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think when I first really started getting into this, there was a massive like hiccup in my life where it's like the things that used to work really well stopped working. And at first it's like, <gasps> you know, cause you go into the scarcity of like, but wait, my work is supposed to be this. My relationships are supposed to be this. And again, I almost lost my marriage around this, right? Like it, there was a lot at stake with four little kids. And what I kept coming back to is like, if not now, then when, right? Like, what's it going to take for me to actually be who I am in this life, in this lifetime, right? Like, I don't want to get to 90 years old and look at my life and be like, oh, shit, <laughs> I did this for that person and that person and that person and that person. But what about what I wanted? What about what mattered to me? What about my values, my needs? Like, what about all that, right? And I just had to have that really hard conversation with myself and, and keep trusting that the truth will set you free. The truth is, is the path of liberation. And liberation may not look like the entire life that I spent all of you know decades building to and working towards and being really proud of, that all that might have to crumble. And the beauty of it is parts of it crumbled that weren't in alignment. But then when I really started accessing who I am at my core and doing the work to hold myself with my nervous system around this new identity, the true identity that's always been there. What happened was all my work started taking off that was in alignment with that truth. My relationship that was in alignment with that truth started taking off. My friendships that were in alignment with that truth started deepening and, and, and growing and expanding. And my life is so full now of all the things that really feel resonant there's like a coherence to everything, a synergistic feeling of like, yes, everything here is supposed to be here. Whatever's not here is not supposed to be here. And like trusting that is so hard, especially with a nervous system somatic pattern that was like, hey, you need to work to make things happen. That one was the hardest one for me to break. Hard work creates results. Like in my, my story was, I know I can create anything in the world because I will work harder than anyone in the world. That was my story. I was proud of it, right? Now, can I actually create more success with less work? Whoa, like that, that whole concept 
still to this day, I have to breathe into that because the part of me that has the urgency to like, go do it, finish the project, take it over. You'll do it better. Like that part of me, that's like, just do it. Just take it. It's such an automatic response that I have to do the work in the real time present moment to go, nope, this is not who I am anymore. I do things differently now. And it's a process. It's a practice. Something you said that was coming home to who you always were and that authentic self. And I think about that where I feel like I came home to myself during postpartum was I shed a lot of the shoulds. I shed a lot of, I should do this. I should show up to this. I should say yes to this. I shed a lot of that. And I I was like, okay, if I don't have any shoulds left, who am I? And having that conversation and at the same time, some questions that come up when we get into this work that I know a lot of people are listening to and saying right now is, well, if if you, if I am not the most useful person to him or them, what if someone else is? Uh-huh. That's a hard question. Because it might be true. Have, yeah. It might be true. And, and that's, again, it's like you have to really get clear on your why. Like, again, it sounds really cool to do this work. <laughs> it's not, right? <laughs> I just want to like live in my truth. I want to own no. my full expression. Well, okay, that that's going to require change. Change is hard. Humans don't like change. We have built a very comfortable, cozy life around us to avoid change, right? So I always joke, and, and it's it's bad marketing on my part. You know, I should be telling everyone, you should love it. This work is so great. And it is. The result is great, right? But the process can be really challenging because it may not look the same. You may not still be with that person. And the truth is, I'm not with the same husband I had even a year ago right? Because we had to come to the table and melt away and dissolve the old relationship we had. We did. We did a whole like death ceremony and closing ceremony around. It was beautiful. And we're getting to know each other again from these new bodies. You know, we're 10 years in at this point, four kids, multiple businesses, lots of change, lots has changed, right? So with all that change comes a new person. And we opted in and said, okay, we're going to get to know who we are now despite the ruptures we've been through, despite all the pain we've caused caused each other, caused ourselves, and we're choosing to be with the brand new version. And that's gonna look different. Now, I could have walked away, right? He could have walked away. We could have dated somebody else and had a whole new experience with that person, but the truth is wherever you go, there you are. And who's, who's the they, who's the you that shows up to that scenario? Because you're, if you're not working on the you that's showing up, you're gonna just keep repeating the same patterns. And that, uh, hi, that was me for so long. You know, new business, same pattern. New, new partnership, same pattern. Oh, new evolution in your partnership, now you're married, same pattern. Oh, now you have kids, oh, same pattern. Until we deal with the patterns that are blocking us and keeping us from our truth, it's just going to keep following us everywhere. So that was my, my why was like, I am clear that this isn't working for me. I am tired. I am exhausted, like not even tired, exhausted, <laughs> like, burnt out. I'm, I'm over giving everywhere in my life. The people pleasing is like subtle, but it's there. You know, anyone who saw me, they'd be like, oh, she owns her truth. But really, I was like trying to mitigate against, you know, making sure everybody liked me. Even on, on, on online, it's like, Wow, it was everywhere, right? The good girl programming runs so deep. And if one of my values is freedom, and it's been one of my values since I was young, 
And if I really want to be liberated, it's about embodying liberation, being fully liberated from all the shoulds, like you're saying, from all the programming, from all the identities that are keeping me in this prison that I've got the key for. But I've got to be willing to step out of the cage that I've made a really comfortable home. And that is a hard thing to do because in the unknown, it's like we don't know what's out there. But from a place of like our truth and our freedom and our liberation, I know I'm going to create anything out there that's a thousand times better than the prison that I was, you know, decorated really nice and had all the nice things in, but it was a prison and no more, (laughs) no more. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Bay podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. Wherever you go, there you are. Yeah, huge. That's huge. And I even thinking about when I was breaking these patterns myself too, I realized what I was playing out in my personal relationships. I was playing out my business relationships. I was playing out in so many relationships because it was the safe option, because it had worked, because I had proof that it worked. And it was so subconscious, even though I wasn't, I have boundaries. I own my truth. (laughs) It was like, I have boundaries 
in a way that still makes you want to be in relationship with me. <laughs> I'll still be really pleasant when I tell you about my boundaries. Yeah, I, yes. I have I have boundaries as long as they work for you. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I had boundaries, but the boundaries were there. They were there to an extent and I definitely saw this playing out and I love that you said wherever you go, there you are because it really is, if you don't work with that at its root, it is going to play out everywhere. One thing we kind of touched on in the beginning that I really want to dig into that is on this is I've read so many places that an entrepreneur's nervous system is typically wired for chaos. Yeah. And I believe it because I don't think we'd be entrepreneurs if it wasn't that way. That's right. <laughs> and it's been, I do credit with, and I would have loved to done differently, but I credit that chaotic nervous system for that early hustle that I had. Yeah. For getting something off the ground, for building something out of nothing. But it's not going to be, it wasn't the nervous system that was going to sustain this success. It wasn't the nervous system that was going to be a great leader and build a great team and a great culture and relationships that I was proud of and I wanted to be part of. Yeah. And that nervous system work was really important. And I do think as entrepreneurs, there does come a time where you have to really look in the mirror and you have to acknowledge that work. Otherwise you continue chasing that thing, that level of success you think is gonna make you happy. Didn't make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you remember we had this conversation last Christmas. Yeah. I was walking away from everything, yeah. everything I'd built because yeah. I realized this isn't making me happy anymore. We even had the conversation. I was like, I'm I'm past the numbers at this point. Yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah. And when you're willing to walk away from it all is when I think you can really start rebuilding. But I would love to come to that realization sooner. So let's talk about entrepreneurial (laughs) nervous systems. Yeah, well, you nailed it. You know, it's funny because there's a lot of people that like anyone can be an entrepreneur. And I don't think that. And this is why, because entrepreneurs are wired a certain way. You are you have the ability to stand in chaos, in unknown, in I'm not sure, in a lot of pressure, a lot of overwhelm, a lot on your plate. Your body is used to that as a form of safety, meaning from zero to seven, when your nervous system was getting wired, hardwired into your body, you lived in an environment that reflected that or aspects of that, right? There might've been a lot of moving. There might've been a tumultuous relationship between your parents. There might've been uncertainty. There might've been um, bullying where you're you know, having to take all this outside pressure, right? So when you grow up in an environment like that, you then start to seek out other environments like that to replicate what you know as home. Because from zero to seven, you survive. How do we know? You're here, right? And so great, your nervous system goes, cool, we have completed and deduced that this means safety. So then you start seeking that. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs are like doing it from eight years old, nine years old. It's like, okay, I need to create something to hold because I held my mom emotionally through her divorce. I need to create something to hold because I held my siblings while all this was going on, right? And so the hustle works to a certain extent until our bodies start to burn out because what we're doing is our body's on overdrive. And we're, when we're in that hypervigilant state of like, okay, this is how I'm gonna survive, our body is flooded with cortisol and adrenaline. And that's great for movement. And so the hustle is that movement and it's a hormonal push to our muscles, go. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs, this is me, it's such a hard time like being still and relaxing and like doing nothing. I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? (laughs) It's like such a like, I have all this energy. What do you mean? I'm just supposed to sit still, but yes, our bodies are, it's a foreign concept of peace for a lot of entrepreneurs because chaos is safety. 
So in that peace and stillness, we actually feel uneasy. So then we fill our plate with more. Oh, I've got space in my calendar. I scheduled space in my calendar. This used to be me. I've scheduled, you know, I've got block time for me and my calendar. Oh, what's that? You need something done? Sure, I'll help you with that. I've got three hours in my calendar for it. It's like- I'm laughing because it's so true. It's so true. And it's like, let me just put that in that space that I created for myself because I'm avoiding space. Now with technology, it's so easy. Oh, I have space? Oh, I'm in an elevator? Great, I can't take two seconds to not be on my phone. And it's crazy, you know, we were talking before, I, I lost my phone for basically two weeks and it was great. Nothing really changed because I've changed my relationship to technology and my phone where I used to fill the space with it. And now it's like, it's just a tool. I use it for certain things. But as entrepreneurs, the hustle gets us there, but it's not gonna get us to that next level of success. And so with a lot of the clients that I work with in terms of like helping them grow their business, we do nervous system work. Why? Because what got you here is not gonna get you there. Hustle is not how you build big. It's not because you'll burn out. You'll create from scarcity. You're creating literally from survival state and it can't be held together in survival state. We need to create from that ventral vagal social state where our body feels safe to be in the world, where we feel excited to engage and be authentically ourselves. That's when we start to, to look at the world and go, it doesn't matter what I have externally, where you're like, the numbers don't matter anymore. I just want peace. I just want happiness. I want connection. I want family. I want love. I want joy. I want pleasure. Like when you get to that state, you can still create from that state and, and let it be known. You'll create so much more from that state because that's the state, especially women. That's where we're at our most powerful. That's the creatrix we hear about in feminine embodiment work, right? That part where we're tapped into our desire, we're tapped into our pleasure, we're tapped into our aliveness and joy, and we use all that life force energy that makes human beings, and we say, go on this creative project, go on this business idea. And we're literally giving the most powerful force of life to all of these things, and it's just like, boom, boom, boom. You'll start to see, I have more success with less work. Oh, I'm enjoying this so, this can be so different. And so we really have to come into communion with our bodies again, which again, a lot of entrepreneurs, we're staying up all night, we're ignoring the signals of our body, we're drinking seven cups of coffee and whatever like energy drinks are available or those energy shots. It's like to think about how we just ignored the cues of our body for so long, right? And I'm speaking for myself here. So long, it's like burning the candle, not even at both ends, but like 360, just lit it all <laughs> no up. <end. laughs> there, was, there was no end. There was just fire all around. And like, like, how does that work? How is that sustainable? It's not. And so our bodies, again, while, while we're wired for that as safety, your, your nervous system's also looking at the internal system, right? Your neuroception is inside the body. Your neuroception's going, is this safe? Outside the body and my environment is the safe. Between bodies is the safe. So outside the environment, our neuroception is like, cool, if I hustle, I'm safe. But if inside, in your internal environment, your body's like, oh, organs are failing. Oh, we're not getting the, the hormonal balance we need. Then your body's going to start to go, oh, we need to change some things. So it'll put you in scenarios for a massive collapse to happen. And this is where rupture is a really beautiful thing. You know, a lot of times we're, we're setting up our life to hedge against a breakdown. But a breakdown is often the wake-up call that we need to change something. 
because it's that serious for me. It was my marriage. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is pretty serious. You may want to look at some stuff, right? Before that, it was childbirth. I was like, hey, this is totally different. You may want to look at this. And so we're going to go through multiple initiations into a deeper invitation of truth if we're available to see it that way. Unfortunately, a lot of people, and this is myself for so long, it's like, oh, that happened. Okay, how do I fix it and move on? Because I'm busy. I have all the things versus like, oh, oh, this is wisdom. How do I be with this? How do I let this grow and expand and evolve me? That's what it's here for. And that's why it's a gift. And hearing you say all of that too, it works. That's the thing, because I know there's a, maybe some people sitting listening think, okay, well, I've never tried it that way. How do I know it works? Yeah. I want to say it works. Yeah. And I know when I look back at decisions I've made, let's talk about business specifically. My worst business decisions have come from that scarcity place, yes. have come from that chaotic place. Yes. And it gets stuff done, yeah. but it hasn't. And maybe it's got the deal done faster, but yeah. it hasn't necessarily got the deal done in a way that I would be proud of. That's right. Whereas from the flip side, when I come at it from a completely different place, when I come at it from that peaceful place, it gets done differently mm. and I feel prouder of it. And I remember going through a really challenging business um, negotiation and I was on a call with my mentor and he said something to me that I will never forget. I was saying, how do you handle this? Because you're going through negotiation constantly. Yeah. He said, I've always already won because yeah. I'm happy. Yes. I don't need anything else. Yes. I don't need more. That's... And I continue remembering that I'm even now I'm going through a negotiation for an investment that I might make. And in the past, my people pleasing would step in. My should, I should just be the person that gets deals on really fast. Mm. And actually now I'm taking a lot longer to look into the details, to think yeah. about whether I really want to do it in this kind of way. And if I'm going to come on as an advisor, I want to make sure it works for me. And so I ask the questions and I'm willing to maybe take longer and yes. take my time. And what's powerful is I'm willing to walk away. That. I don't need it. That that alone shows healing. So this is a big part of like abundance work, right? Now we get into money and magnetism and abundance and law of attraction. When you do nervous system work, you're actually creating a felt sense of safety sourced from the inside. So the deal doesn't mean safety. The relationship doesn't mean safety. The different body doesn't mean safety. You are safety. You come home to yourself as source. And this is why nervous system work is so fundamentally powerful because it's the basis from which everything else works. If you are inherently safe within yourself, everything is a choice, an actual conscious choice, rather than if you're in unsafety, survival, scattered energy, of like, okay, I got to create, I got to do this thing because then I'm valuable. I got to do this thing because then I'm worthy. I have to have a successful launch because then I'm worthy, right? Whatever that is, you're in survival. And then any decision you make is from reaction of survival. When we're in survival mode, our highest faculties of our brain, our thinking, our curiosity, our vision, our perspective are offline. They're offline. When you're in safety, inherent safety in your body, you are able to access the best parts of yourself. You become actually in a coherent state. Your, your biorhythmic state matches the biorhythmic state of the earth. Mm -hmm. This is so crazy. I'm learning about this right now. I'm like, this is so awesome. And it's so cool because when we hear about flow states, that's what that is. Your body is coherent and in synergistic flow with the same energy and rhythm of the earth. Wow. You want to talk about magnetism? That's what that is. 
You're literally in the same vibrational frequency of everything on this planet. Wow. That's when everything becomes easy. That's when your work feels effortless. That's when you start to look at deals and you go, not that this. How about this? Actually, I'm going to bring this to the table because you don't need it. It doesn't make you who you are. It doesn't define your worth or your value. You've defined that for yourself. You've had that within yourself. And that's when all of life changes. And that's like, again, going back to it. Yes, this works hard, but yes, it's so worth it because it works. It works. It works. And it's the thing of like, from the outside looking in, you wouldn't see that I'm like necessarily like dressing differently or more whatever. It's, it's I'm owning the part of myself that is the source of safety. That's what true ownership is. That's what true liberation is. And when you have that, everything ripples out as a byproduct. So I love that you said that. So, so powerful. I love how you've explained it. I had no idea about the way you are the same frequency as the earth. I had no idea that it was working like that, but it makes total sense. And it makes me think too. And by the way, I'm not perfect at this. This is an ongoing thing. But one thing I've noticed myself being able to do, or I'm training myself to do is I'll get an email. I want this deal done by tomorrow. Let's sign, let's sign today. And I look at that and my past self would buy into the agency. Yes. My past self would get nervous because they need it today. Yes. Whereas now I'm trying to train myself to look at that and say, okay, I hear they need it today. That doesn't work for me. Right. I don't need it today. Yes. I can't see, <laughs> I can't logically give myself an argument as to why this needs to be done today. If they can tell me for X, Y, Z, sure. Yeah. But I can't see that. So why am I hurrying and rushing and putting so much on my plate that is burning me out at all ends or yes. my team needs this today why let me question that let yes. me let me figure out can we do something else i love this this so, is so big for entrepreneurs it is it is and i really so big i think it's such a a good conversation to have because i think when you realize you can operate from a place of not being in chaos mode, not putting out fires constantly, not always feeling stretched too thin when you can operate from overflow versus there's never enough. Yeah. It's different. It is. And it's not every, not every season is going to be like that. No. There are some seasons that it's just like, we're just hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yes. okay. But when you yes. know that this is a reference point that you can come back to of, okay, we're, we're going to be present with the chaos right now because it's a lot. Yeah. And I'm going to come back to that. Like yeah. I'm, I, I know the state I can come back to, whether it's when I walk in the door at home or whether it's this time that I do block out for myself, I'm coming back to it. Yeah. It's not about, for me anyway, it's not about being perfect all the time, but it's about knowing that I'm not operating 24 seven in chaos. That, that, and that's the, the, the crux of nervous system work is not to get into the ventral vagal social state at all times it's to know where you are in terms of the hierarchy of the various states that you're in and to feel resourced to take care of yourself and get yourself back to where you want to be that's it because you're human like you know on my way here I hit the brakes because there was traffic and somebody short stop and I instantly went into survival state that happened without me consciously choosing that my body's trying to protect me right and then ah, I'm in survival how do I want to resource and get back so I can be in my body and be present here right? So it's happening nonstop all day, every day. But can we be with it powerfully? That's mm -hmm. the question. I love this. And so speaking of the work, so last year we had such a good tradition, which we need to bring back. I we know. were having coffee every yes. Friday. It was amazing. Yes. We were so dropping good. in and it would last hours and hours. We'd have okay. all the babies and it was never, how are you doing conversation? It was like, what's the real shit going yeah. on in everyone's life? <laughs> Spill the tea. Yeah. And we <laughs> yes. all just spent time just like just, just speaking what was in our heart. Yeah. And it was really amazing watching your evolution during that time because you were going through a lot and your capacity yeah. was just growing and growing yes. and you were figuring out so much that you talk about. And one thing that you kept bringing up 
during that time was tapping into the muse. Yes. And I oh. love that that's come full circle now yeah. and it's become part of your work. For you, what was that journey of tapping into the muse and what does it mean for you? Well, the muse for me is that most alive aspect of ourselves. And, you know, I, I have in this body of work, I've attached it to my feminine essence, my power, right? And being a mother, being a businesswoman, going from that like very shadow masculine drive, 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 produce, 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 and then hating motherhood hard, just like I hit business hard, like four, Amen. back to back, let's go. It just gave me so much opportunity to be completely disconnected to my body, right? Completely disconnected from my truth, that muse, that aliveness, that part of me that's like, oh, like pinch myself, I cannot believe this is my life. And coming back to her and like really prioritizing the muse in my life has changed everything like it's wild I look at my life now and I'm like wow wow and it hasn't been that much time but just prioritizing pleasure and aliveness and joy and desire and really listening and letting the muse guide my life and being devoted to her just like I was devoted to proving and producing and and pleasing and like that was my unconscious devotion I have now moved that devotion consciously to like my aliveness, the part of me that matters the most. Can I set my entire life up to reflect that this is the most important thing? And so that looks like, you know, a, a flourishing sex life with my husband in a way that I've like, I've never felt this tapped in and empowered in my sexuality after four kids, which is. Yeah. Can we talk about how we're crazy. doing this? Yeah. Sex after kids is different. It's You're so tired. different. It's so different. And, and that's the thing I had home birth, then I had a C-section with the twins, and then I had a V-back with my last. So I've like kind of gone through the spectrum of the, of the birth and the birth traumas that come with it. I had a very traumatic C-section birth where something went wrong and I was, it was very traumatic. And to come back into my body, it was like, oh, uh, I don't know, cause this, I don't know, that's too painful, right? And I had experienced that before with a sexual assault and rape that I went through in my early 20s that I healed and like worked through and I'm like oh I, I know this this is trauma this is trauma in my body like I don't want to even go there so I had to really do a lot of work to reconnect to my body and that came through movement practices it came from what, what we call pleasure mapping like really like just getting back in touch with the sensuality and that that sensual aspect of being a human in a skin suit like what do my senses like what do they not like having really honest, transparent conversations with my husband of like, hey, this thing that we've been doing for 10 years, I actually, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it doesn't? Okay, well, what does? <laughs> you know? And like the, the good girl in me would have never broached those conversations before because I don't want to make him feel bad and da, da, da. And like, it wasn't anything he was doing. It was how we were doing it. You know, I realized this is like maybe TMI, but I realized that often our lovemaking happened with a TV on after like the kids had gone to bed and we're watching a show and then we find each other and then one thing leads to another. And I'm like, oh, my muse hates that. She hates the TV on. She's like, ew, no music, put music on, put candles. Like she wanted this whole experience. And now I, I, I say yes, because that's what she wants. And so the more I honor my muse, that part of me that feels alive and feels connected to the sensation of being alive, the more it feeds me the more I'm available for it in this conversation, the more I can be here and like feel, feel the, the energy and aliveness of this, right? It's, it's everything, it's not just sex, it's not just turn on, it's not just work or money, but it's everything. All of life is, is available for us to have this experience of like, 
I'm making love with life. Like I am so present and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe this is my life. And so it took me from being completely disconnected from that place and and having this huge rupture and possibility of ending my marriage with my husband to having real, honest, transparent conversations with him and reconnecting with him and feeling closer to him than I've ever felt because I'm feeling closer to myself than I've ever felt, my truth. And then my friendships just got so deep and real because I was just so deep and real with myself, right? And everything just has so much more texture to it because I'm available for that texture. Before I was way too busy to even see that texture was there. <laughs> mm. I was like, I'll get to it. I gotta finish this thing first, right? And so Awakening the Muse now has become a part of my favorite work that I do with women is, is coming back home to the truth of what their muse looks like for them. And you know, I, I had done feminine work for a while, but it never really landed in the way that, that this work did because it felt performative. Yeah. It's like, okay, oh, I can say the word pussy. Does that mean I'm actually liberated? Does it mean that I changed? Do, am I embodied or am I just like performing and being this version of who I think I'm supposed to be in this world if I'm tapped into my feminine? And it wasn't landing for me. And it, I really had to come back to myself as source, right? Like get into the body first, rewire the nervous system to actually be able to receive and experience pleasure and joy because I was... You know, it's like the wiring is like, no, nope, keep going, keep going. Like, you'll enjoy it later down the line, somewhere over there. It'll happen, I promise, right? But like rewire your body to actually experience the fullness of a pleasure in a moment. That's work. For my system, that took work, <laughs> right? There was a lot of work I had to do around that. And then once I was back in my body and back in communion with a coherent state of like, oh, this is what it feels like to just be without having to do. Now I can talk about desire. Now I can talk about pleasure. Now I can talk about expression and aliveness. Because if I'm expressing and feeling pleasure from a place that's ungrounded, then it's performative. And I'm doing the same shit I did in my work. Oh, who do I need to be to make you happy? Okay, great, let me be that. Oh, who do I need to be to be feminine? Okay, great, I'll be that. And that's why all the feminine work I had done up to that point, it wasn't landing. It wasn't landing in my relationship. Basically, the results of my life didn't really change that much. <laughs> you know, I was like, maybe looked a little bit different and I was having a, maybe a little more fun, but it wasn't grounded. It wasn't substantiated on the truth of who I was and what, how I wanted to express that. I felt that too. The, some of the feminine work that I have done hasn't fully landed with me because I feel like it's very textbook in this is what the feminine is, this is what the masculine is. Yes. And I challenge it all the time because to me, a lot of people might look at work as masculine, but actually I, f I find I'm constantly creating. Yes. And to me, the way I create, the way I lead, the way I actually execute feels feminine. Yes. And to be told, well, that means you're in your masculine. Yes. I just call it bullshit. I'm like, how do you yes. know you're not me? Yes, preach girl, preach. But then it does feel <laughs> like there's almost this line drawn. Okay, if you're softly spoken and you know, XYZ, you're feminine. If you're hustle and you're a goal getter and you're XYZ, you're masculine mm. or you're in either or. Yeah. I just don't buy it because every single one of us is different. And how how does someone else know what's feminine and masculine for me? That's right. And, and I land. love that you're bringing this up because this has been a point of contention for me for so long. And now that I understand this work more deeply, I understand this more fully. What you're saying is the same societal programming that we were talking about at the beginning of this. Think about it. The masculines, the hard worker, the da 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 
the feminine, the soft spoken. Mm -hmm. She's pleasant. I'm never going to be soft spoken. Does that mean I'm not feminine? <laughs> right. I'm yes. Never, I'm never going to be the person that right. just nods along right. when they disagree. Does that mean I'm not feminine? Right. And then here we are. It's the same societal programming and conditioning that's trying to force us and punish us. Yeah. If we are not in a particular version and flavor of the feminine, that's conducive and benefits society at large. It almost feels like that can be used as an insult these days as like, oh, she's not her feminine. Right. You need to be, oh, you you have hormonal issues. You need to be more in your feminine. That's right. You're like, you, you don't know me. And it's been weaponized against women for so long. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been saying that. It's like they have used the whole masculine feminine talk as a weapon against women to take them further from the truth, which again is inherently the same problem that we're dealing with on a grander scale in society. And so this is why I'm so passionate about this work because true, healthy, integrated masculine in all of us is, okay, I'm gonna set the container of safety here, here in this body. I'm gonna hold the devotion of this body, of this truth. And in relationship to my healthy, integrated feminine, the feminine is that space of creation. It's a space of ideas. It's a space of like birthing things into the world, which we've been told is masculine. But the masculine hears the feminine and goes, oh, you want to birth this? Great. I'm going to set the container up to be devoted to your creation. I am going to set your life up to be in devotion to this creation, to this job, to this whatever. Right. And there's shadow versions of both and there's performative versions of both. And then there's the healthy version of it. So that's what's really inherently important as we come into contact with the healthy version and we start to get back in right relation. Because if you think of it like a partnership internally, We've just been ignoring each other. It's like, a, you know, we're roommates, right? When you've got the thing, it's like, oh, yeah, we everything's good, but it's not great. Like, you're not actually talking to each other. And that's most of us. Our internal masculine and feminine energies are not having the conversations they need to have about what really matters. And when we have those real conversations, the true masculine can step up and go, I got this. I got us. And the feminine feels so safe and held and seen and cherished. She feels that devotion that she goes, oh. And then she feels safe to come online and come play out here, right? And that's the thing is most women, especially high achieving women, entrepreneurs, we don't feel safe for our inherent feminine to come out and play. She hasn't felt safe for a long time and that's our own doing because we haven't been listening to her. We've been putting the shadow masculine, go, go, control, make it happen, be safe, make sure everything's good out here instead of like, we're good here, taking the time to work this system. That is such deep work, but it's so powerful and it's palpable. That's where you start to see your life change. That's why my sex life is so good right now because my feminine's like, oh, she's, she's taking care of me. You know, she feels so seen. She feels so loved. She feels so held and supported by my inner masculine because he's finally listening to her and he's not so busy trying to control the world out there. He's devoted to her. They're the only world that matters. And he's setting up the external world to make sure that that's the case. It's massive. I've never actually heard anyone talk about it the way you've just talked about it in, I hear a lot about it, it talked about in relationship. You bring the feminine, let them bring the masculine if you're in a male-female relationship. I haven't heard it talked about so much as in self and I think that makes absolute sense because I feel like 
there is a story a lot of high achieving women high achieving women tell themselves that I've definitely bought into in the past of that the feminine is subservient yeah the feminine doesn't yes. get things done yeah I'm not going to access the feminine because it's not productive yes whereas actually the way that you've described it makes total sense it's all within the self and we yes. can't be looking to any relationship to change it or fix it for no. us how do no. you fix it for yourself that that's so big and I think that's what most of us do it's what I did for a long time is like oh, well, I'm going to make sure his his masculine has to do X, Y, and Z in order for my feminine to feel safe. Then, and that was my marriage, right? Well, well, she doesn't feel safe to come out because of the thing you said in 2005. And, you know, it's like, whatever, you got your laundry <laughs> list of stuff. But, and he had his laundry list of stuff to me too, right? And it wasn't until we started looking at the internal system and going, oh, oh, like we have to become integrated and whole within ourselves first in, in very specifically with this dynamic of the masculine and feminine. Before we start to look to our partner to try and adjust what's gonna happen. Yes, those polarities, if we're off balance within ourselves, it's gonna affect the polarity and the balance between partners. But if you do the work to integrate a wholeness here, that's gonna reflect and affect the polarity of your own partner where they're gonna start to have to have their own back. They're going to have to start to self-source. They're going to have to look at what's my internal conversation between my masculine and feminine. And again, it's like, it sounds so simple conceptually, but actually embodying this work is really challenging because it requires us changing a lot, especially like in my marriage, we set up an entire world that worked a particular way off of a particular dynamic that I had and he had, and we had to dismantle that. And, and that's, we're still, we're still dismantling pieces of it. Like, oh, that's part of the old paradigm. We gotta, we gotta look at that. And we're having that conversation very openly now, which is amazing, but it, it's a lot of work. Yeah, and it works. But that's the thing I, we keep coming back to is it works. So how have you started working with this? Like, how does how's that look? The, the first thing I would say for anybody that's hearing this and they're like, wait, what, what is this? Just have a conversation, like go sit somewhere. If you're visual like me, I like to write it out and I'll start like with my internal feminine and I'll get silent and I'll breathe and I'll get back in my body. I'll try and like forget about the to-dos and the kids and all the things for a second and just say, what does she need? Like, what is the truest part of my feminine need? And I'll just write. And what initially came out is like, she feels ignored. She feels abandoned. She feels not listened to. She feels unimportant. She feels sacrificed. She feels like it was just like I was looking. At, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you are in an abusive relationship with my inner masculine. Like, this is crazy. And it's true. Like my my poor inner feminine was just sitting there like you never pay attention to me. <laughs> you know? And then you basically tell me to shut up so you can get more work done, you know, and then it's like, OK, what is the inherent masculine one? He wants to 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 live a grounded life. He wants to live connected to spirit. He wants to live connected to this feminine relationship that's of the most important. Okay, great, yes. And start there. That's a list that will keep unfolding, right? It's not complete. Now the second, okay, what has my masculine been doing? And then tap into that. Oh, he's been trying to prove. He's been trying to control. He's been trying to manipulate this area. He's been trying to, to get more done in order to feel safe. He's been essentially working from scarcity. Anywhere where you're working from scarcity or overwhelm or urgency or have to or should or burnout, that's the shadow masculine, right? 
what's the shadow feminine doing? Oh, the shadow feminine is reading certain books around femininity and thinking that it has to look this way. And she's starting pleasure practices, but from the space of scarcity and like, oh, I have to be a more turned on woman now as a mom of four than I was before in order to keep my husband happy. It's like, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> right? So then we got to look at all that and you, you got to just get real honest with yourself. And I just have a good laugh at myself every once in a while. Like, I'm in a, I put my inner masculine and feminine are in an abusive relationship. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's not going to work. And just have a good, have a good chuckle at how far you've allowed yourself to be disconnected from your truth, because we all do it. We all do it in some aspect of our lives. And for most high achieving women that I've worked with, it comes down to this, right? And this is really the, the, the juice of this work in feminine embodiment work is like, you got to get reconnected to these two conversations that are happening internally, because that's the nervous system, right? There's a, a masculine energy nervous system and a feminine energy nervous system. When they're in healthy expression, watch out. Like your whole, it's that coherent state where you're just in flow. You're magnet, you're like a magnet to everything. You just are attracting everything. You're manifesting, you're having great conversation. Ideas are dropping left and right. And you're just like, life is working so well. It starts there. That's where it starts. And that exercise, it's very simple, but it's going to take some truth telling. And that can be hard. And I love how you make lighthearted of it too, of laughing because it's the great thing to remember is that you're not wrong. Right. Every single one of us and every single person that is so far down the line of doing the work is still facing off with these things. Yes. This yes. is just the human experience. I always think about that whenever I maybe get into a judgment of oh, I could have handled that better or I shouldn't have reacted like that or oh, I slipped back into that pattern. It's just a reminder of, oh, I'm human. That's what it. am I trying to, I'm not an alien. I'm not, you know, like I'm human. Let's yeah. just take, let's, Take the seriousness out of it. That, I, I let my humanness speak up and get in the way for a while that, and I get to come back home. That's so important. And like, I take it even further. We're animals, we're animals. And we have a very animal system that's focused on survival. And then we have this very beautiful human system that has all these very complex and beautiful ways of thinking and communicating and empathizing and loving that other animals don't experience but we're animals. We're mostly animal, right? And what happens in survival state is your animal comes online and your human turns off. Mm, that's a much better way of explaining it. Actually. And it's automatic. Like, good luck trying to control it. You can't. <laughs> you know, you, you just can't. What you can do is you can intervene at the result, right? So you can intervene when you're like, oh shit, the animal's on right now. Oh shit, I'm in scarcity. Oh shit, I'm in survival. Oh shit, I'm in overall. Great. That's where you intervene. But your animal is going to do animal things and that's normal. And I think, you know, the beauty with the influencer expert space is so, so big. But I think a lot of the damage that it's done is it's it's made this idea that there's somewhere to get to, mm. right? And and there's nowhere to get to except for back to yourself. The only place you have to get to is back to yourself, back to your truth, back to your home, back to your humility and your animal and your human and your mess and your joy. All of what is you is the only place you need to get back to. And anything out there, it's still feeding you the same bullshit that you need something else in order to be better, different, more, et cetera. You don't, you just need yourself, but you need all of yourself. And so to me, that is a lifelong journey that's always revealing. And there's this emergence that happens with each chapter of life, whether it's a marriage, a death, a birth, a trauma, a rupture, 
whatever it is, like each chapter is an invitation into that initiation of a deeper truth, of a deeper revealing of who we are. Mm, one thing that just kept coming through as you were saying that is what you said earlier is wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. Don't you want to be the better version? Or at least for me, I think wherever I go, there I am. I want to be the best version that I can be that. in that moment or the most me I can be in that moment. So I don't carry all this shit into all different relationships, all different partnerships. Yes, yes. And like being that fullest version of you, like what a permission slip to your daughter. You know, I think about my kids a lot where I'm like, oh man, I could say all the things, which is Instagram, right? Like say all the things and people could be like, wow, that's really awesome. But how are you living your life? You know, your daughter, our kids, our kids are watching us and they are literally looking at, oh, that's how you do woman. Oh, that's how you do work. Oh, that's how you do partnership. And I'm constantly humbled by that because there's so many opportunities in my life to just keep refining and keep chipping away and melting away all those aspects that were built from this really beautiful place of wanting to be safe and accepted and loved and valued but no longer work for the truth of who we are. And so, yeah, having a different relationship to that and getting that the truth of who we are is really what we're all after in life. Like you want more money so you can experience more of yourself. You want, you know, the relationships, so you can experience more of yourself. And we said another way, you wanna feel more alive. You wanna feel lit up, connected to life. Well, you can get that without anything external changing. It's all an internal game. When the internal changes, the external will reflect what's happening on the inside. And it's a byproduct. The work works. The work works. <laughs> it does. Sign it off. Sign it off. <laughs> and it does. And even when you were talking about success and if I do, if I do less, can I still get the same result? Or if I do it a different way, can I still get the same result? That's the thing you'll never know unless you try. That. That's what I keep telling myself. I'll never know unless I try it. That. Even Every launch I go into, I'm like, I won't know unless I've tried it, if that, I do it a different way. That, and that requires a nervous system that feels empowered mm. to be in the discomfort of the unknown. And so this is, again, why nervous system work is so important and it's foundational. Because if you're like, okay, this might be scary. Hey, this may not work. I might jump out on a ledge here, but I'm willing to do it. And I know that if there's no net, I'm resourced. I can take care of myself. And having our own back and like being what we call in somatics, being in our somatic dignity of being able to hold ourselves, even through situations where you just want to curl up in a ball and like, ah, oh, why is this happening to me? It's like, oh, I can hold myself with dignity in my animal body such that my nervous system goes, oh, she feels good. She feels confident. Okay, we're going to feel confident. Mm. Such that the result then in your thoughts, behaviors, beliefs, actions, interfaces with others starts to feel different. And that's like, to me, like true leadership is leading from that place. Like leading from like, okay, big perspective, big vision here. Where do we want to go based on what's showing up? It's huge. What does that practically mean, holding yourself from dignity? Yeah, so uh, somatically, we're an energy body. So you can think of my energy coming out this way, right? And my depth, which comes all the way around me. You can think of my length how I'm holding myself erect with my spine. And you can think of my width. So how much space I'm taking up energetically. So that energetic body is around me in all directions and it's happening. That's the energetic body that speaks to you when someone walks in a room. Like we've all like felt somebody like, mm -hmm. oh, who is that person? I need to talk to them. Or like, hmm, you don't even feel some people, right? So it's not necessarily how you're holding your posture. That would be a really simplistic way to look at it. It's your energetic expression 
in your body. And that's a practice to build as well. And so in Muse, we build that through movement practices where we're actually doing embodied healing through movement so that we build a bigger energetic container so that your field of somatic dignity is felt. It's bigger. It enters a room before you and people feel your fullness. You can feel when someone has holes in their field as well, yeah. right? Like you, I say that and you're instantly like, yep, <laughs> we know it. Yeah. We can't tangibly put words to it, but our animals like, I don't know. I don't trust it, mm-hmm. right? Versus like, oh, my nervous system feels safe with your nervous system. That's that neuroception in between nervous systems. So if my energetic somatic dignity is full, your neuroception is going to go, she's safe. She's whole unto herself. She needs nothing from me in order to make her feel safe, mm. right? Non-transactional. So again, That's powerful. Powerful. That non-transactional. Especially for women entrepreneurs. <laughs> That's very powerful. Powerful. Like for instance, I have a, a, a new person who's entered my life who's amazing and sweet and I know has the best intentions, but I can feel her field. And her field is very transactional. And I'm going to have a conversation with her about this to to just invite her into the possibility that like, hey, I can feel this like subtle transactional energy from you. I really think you're awesome and dope and want to build a friendship, but I can't with this in the way. And so like, what a powerful possibility that could open up with that conversation. Yeah. You know? And how powerful for her to then realize, oh, she wants to love me and I don't have to give her anything. That, like, and that's the thing. Like, I think she's awesome. You don't have to, because you know, you can feel even when someone's over giving to try and get your love. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a full field. So it's 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 big. It's big work. And again, it sounds simple, but it's deep and, and very expansive. I love this. Tell me about Muse. You're getting <sighs> me excited about it. Tell yes. me about Muse. So Awaken the Muse, it's a three-month program where we literally do the deep work to bring women back to themselves, back to a sense of wholeness in their bodies. Whoa. Like talk about for high-achieving women who live mostly from here. It's not performative feminine work where we're like dancing around in boas and wearing certain things and using certain words to to show that we're liberated. It's quieter, you know, it's subtle, but it's true and it's real and it's palpable. And we do it through movement practices that, you know, a lot of people know that like dance is a big part of feminine work, but we do specific movement practices that are coupled with healing and embodiment and like gestalt work. So, you know, I'm using all my my history of gestalt and experiential learning and work and transformation and pairing that with what's been happening in the feminine world. We do a ton of nervous system work. Our whole work is rooted in nervous system and building that somatic field. Like what does it look like to actually own your field, to be in your full dignity and integrity, wholeness, as a person, as a woman, as a human, as an animal in this world. And we do, we access the parts, we create more range in the nervous system so you have access to the animal parts of you that want to be predator, that want to be prey sexually with your partners, right? That want to be more expressed and alive, but that also wanna be surrendered and receive. That's nervous system work. How safe do you feel to be in those states? That's nervous system work. And then of course, once you're in your body, then we tap into desire and pleasure and pleasure mapping and pleasure practices. And it's just so much juice. I love it so much. I think of a lot of the women that have graduated and gone through it are very much the woman I was a couple years back, right? Driven, successful, crushing it, doing all the things, all the things, right? 
And we know we're nailing that, but there's something more that we haven't be, been able to put our fingers on yet that we know is is whispering to us. Like it's that thing of like, oh, I thought this would make me happy. It hasn't. What else is there? Who else am I? Like there's a repressed part of ourselves that's starting to go like, hey, I'm ready. It's time, and that's your muse. And she's gonna look however she's gonna look, but getting to know who she is and devoting your life to her and her desire, game changer. Mm. I'm gonna put the link below too, if anyone wants to check it out. I'm excited. It's been so amazing to be doing life with you in such a honest way that we've both shared with each other over the past few years, all the things that we've been going through and to see you transmute that into something like this mm. is incredible because you yeah. take you could have just kept this of like, oh, I figured out something for myself. Totally. To <laughs> share this with other women too, I think is incredible. I really love that you're doing it. Thank you. And that was all, that's thanks to my muse. She literally was like, hey, you need to put this together. And I'm like, Really? You're like, I'm good. We're right? good enough. I don't know if I need another program right now. And she's like, no, just do it. Do it really simply. Like the first sales page and my partner and I had was a Google Doc. I remember that. Yeah. It was the shortest Google Doc. I was like, it just gets to be a Google Doc. And whoever it's meant for, it's meant for. And it's like. Great. And of course it's sold out. Yeah. But you know what's interesting? It brings us back to a conversation that we were just having before the podcast started. It's funny because our producers were like, can we just turn the mics on, right. you guys? Right. We're just like, can we Stop talking. Um, <laughs> Where I was just saying to you, we're staying in a studio in Austin. I was like, oh, Lexi, I really want to build my own version of this. Yeah. Like, and I've got enough going on. Why, why do I keep doing this? And you said something really powerful yeah. about why. Can you share that? Yeah. Sometimes your muse is planting desires, which your muse is your direct line to spirit, right? It's literally like spirit actualized in the 3D. That's your muse tapping you on the shoulder going, hey, there might be a whole new opening. It might start with a podcast studio and then turn into something else that you have no idea. You don't know, you don't know. But like, this is the next step. And maybe what you've been doing for so long that's worked really well needs to go away because it's not in alignment anymore. And when we start to listen to those desires, when we start to listen to our muse, she's guiding us to fullest expression. So you can't go wrong. It may not make sense. It may not yeah. make sense but you can't go wrong with listening and at least taking it on and letting it marinate in your life because that is her job. Her job is to bring spirit into the 3D and have you closer to living that life mm. versus the life of the ego 3D, I need to do X to get Y. It's like, no, no, you get to do this because liberation, because expression, because aliveness, because permission, because your light gets to shine in this way. I'm like when you look at it that way it's like all right i'll listen <laughs> it's funny because when you look at it that way i'm like how can i say no to this right exactly, and it's so exactly. interesting because it's been this little whisper for a really long time and i feel like the way that i'm going to handle this kind of thing is like i put it out there yes and maybe when i'm here i'll like see if there's spaces and it's not that i'm just sitting back and saying okay come to me yes but i'm not forcing i'm not pushing a boulder uphill and if it's Meant to be, I feel like it could be easy. That's, it could, that was muse for us. Like, we're like, do we do this? It's a really busy season of life. And it was like, let's make it really easy. Everything has to feel easy. And we did it very easy and it worked and we loved it. We're like, okay, we gotta do one more. And then it, it got bigger and it expanded and more depth and it's like, oh, we gotta do more. <laughs> and so here we are like, you know, three cohorts down the line and we're just like, oh, we just love this so much. And it's taken on a life of itself. It's, it's become its own child in the world and we're just loving watching it grow and evolve into its highest expression it's so good i'm excited for you yeah i'm i remember that first sales page and just looking at it, i'm like 
they're gonna crush it this yeah time. it's yeah. so needed though yeah it's so needed yeah. and i feel like you don't need a fancy sales page when you can speak directly to what someone needs and knows they need at that moment yeah. i'm gonna put that link below do we have do we still have a google doc or do we have no we, ha- we actually have a <laughs> i got really inspired my muse was like okay babe time to step it up <laughs> she's like make it look pretty because my muse she loves beauty she loves yeah. aesthetic which is a huge lean for me because i have kind of been like against that for yeah. so long and so my soul my spirit my muse is like beauty is everything i love like that. make this beautiful and i'm like okay so i made i made in devotion to her i did make a sales page i'm excited okay we're gonna link it below <laughs> awakenthemuse.com it is an official sales page now and what's your human design I'm a manifester. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, you I just got it. I just got a reading from uh, like one of the best astrologers in the world, actually. And it was interesting because she a lot of people think I'm a generator because I have a lot of energy. Yeah, I would have thought I'm a generator. OK, so yeah, I was going to say you're probably a Manny Jenner gen, but I'm a manifester. She goes, yeah, but it's all I have all these houses in fire. So she's like, you're, you have so much fire that you just have to like, go, 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 go. And she's like, it's your whole life. Like it's mm. everywhere. She said, but your life's lesson. And this is like what I wanted to share. She said, your life's lesson is that pleasure is everything. And I'm like, she knows nothing. She knew nothing about me, nothing about the muse. And like muse is all about living a pleasure led life, you know? And she's like, your whole life lesson, like when you actually come into communion with your spirit self, your highest self, your highest expression, it's around pleasure. Pleasure is everything. And I was like, how did you know? <laughs> yes. And on that, yes. I love that. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, I'm a generator. I'm like, go, go, go. But my lesson is not to chase anything, yes. to just allow things to come and Receive. be able to, yeah, discern, is Ooh. that for me? Is that not for me? But like, let it come versus I'm not going to go super hard chasing something. Otherwise it's probably not for me. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause I would say for you, probably most of your entrepreneurial life, it's been like, you create it, you go for it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's what's made you so successful, but that next step, the next step. And also I would say the biggest leaps in my career have been when things have come at me Uh, so i've had the path of going after things but also the biggest like quantum leaps i've had have been when something out of nowhere has come and landed on my lap that's like an opportunity and i've just said yes and then i'll go all in then i'll put the force behind it the fire i have all the houses in fire too i'll put that behind it but it's been somewhere out of nowhere Wow. Can you do this? Are you interested in doing this? Do you want to partner on this? What about, oh, interesting. So good. So that's why for you, like getting into that coherent state with what's happening in the earth is so powerful because then you become, you magnetize that. Oh, I'm going to start. I need to read up on all this. Yeah, there's actually, you can actually, there's all this research now from the HeartMath Institute that you can actually practice through nervous system, somatic work and heart work. You can essentially get into coherent states. Is that the device? It's their device, but you can use a, a heart rate monitor. Okay. Yeah. So in Element in my training institute, we actually have a 40-day nervous system reset that builds coherence. Right. It's 40 days that's building your coherent state. I love that. I found out about the device um, during Joe Dispenza's. Yes. Because during yes. that, I was, it's so funny. I manifested this where there was like, you know, there's thousands of people at every one of his events. He was taking 20 at this event to do brain scans, blood work, coherence, yes. testing, everything. And I manifested being selected. Yes. So then I got into, as they were testing me, I'm like, what's this? Can I buy it at home? Yes. And then obviously I never used it. But yeah. now that I know... <laughs> You get I to use knew it. about heart math, but I never actually used it. I like got all inspired after Joe's and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then yeah. I didn't do it. Well, a lot of Joe's work is based on that coherent yeah. state. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So I knew about, and I, his books are great for anyone listening that want to start. Yeah. But I didn't know it went as in depth on the nervous system. Yeah. So that's really, I'm going to well, tap that in. is the heart rate is the only way that they've, they've been able to accurately measure what state of, of nervous system response you're in. So that's why heart rate monitors are key in the research around nervous system. Work. Mm. And where am I aura right now too? Cause I'm so, I need to get back into HRV tracking yes, and like yes. starting to see where that's at. Or I get to get back into yeah, it. It's yeah, it's huge, it's huge. And that's the thing, once you get into this world, you realize how deep it goes and you're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm never coming out. Yeah, but we, we really have so much that we can feel empowered around this work, which is so great. And the work never ends, right? It never ends. It never ends. And well, what a joy. <laughs> what a joy and what a thank you for doing this yeah seriously i'm, so, I'm so glad can you tell everyone where to find awaken the muse and where to find you yeah awakenthemuse.com you can find me on instagram at alexi panos i actually don't currently have my website up because i feel like i'm like a brand new person so i get to reinvent that um one more thing on the to-do list <laughs> that gets to be done beautifully yeah. and like in a beautiful space and anyone who's interested in learning how, if you're a coach and you want to facilitate this work, Elementum Coaching Institute, we actually train coaches on how to understand, know, and work with your clients in nervous systems, somatic work, trauma, all the things. So yeah, come find me online. Let's play. Yeah. And if anyone wants to find out more about Elementum, we did a um, episode with Alexi and one of her co-founders, Christine, yes. a couple of years back. I was pregnant at the time. Yes. Um, so oh my gosh, we're pregnant. Uh -huh. So oh they can go gosh. back and listen. Well, thank you. Of course. Thank you so much. This has been great.